When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you here with me. Clay on vacation. And we have much to discuss today here in the world of, well, a lot of things. But certainly banking, finance, the economy, the dollars in your bank account, the dollars in your pocket. What is going to happen? We've got the new inflation numbers. I'll break that down for you. A little bit of a calm, it seems, right now. A lot of the regional banks that got uh, smashed yesterday had a big rally. So it seems like confidence in them has been, at least for now, restored. Um, We've also got a crisis with the NYPD, switching gears here to criminal justice and uh, policing, resigning at a record-breaking pace. So that's an issue we're going to discuss later on in the program. More fallout from that Stanford dean and students who were shouting down Fifth Circuit Federal Appeals Court Judge Duncan. Uh, We'll discuss that. And we've also got more on the border. And oh, and Trump has some words about DeSantis in a new video that we'll discuss here on the program. Um Trump seems to be of the mind that saying that Florida is not Ron DeSantis's success story, that that is going to be a worthwhile line of attack. We will discuss that here in in just a little bit. But you all remember Donald Rumsfeld, right? Remember, he was secretary of defense under George W. Bush. Very much the first person, I think, for a lot of people who comes to mind with the, the Iraq War of 2003 and, and a whole range of other things from the War on Terror. And he had had a bunch of prominent roles in the White House before that. I mean, the guy had been in government for a long time in different capacities. But that very famous little moment where he was discussing known uh, known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. I am concerned right now in the financial sector 
and, it, and about things that would affect all of us when it comes to the unknown unknowns. I'm just going to put a few things out there, right? Because as I always tell you, nobody can predict the future, but we can at least look at the odds and look at what's going on. Right now, SVB Bank, all the depositors, Silicon Valley Bank, and the people that that were banking there, thinking that they were just putting money in a bank and not a some version of a very low yield hedge fund or a you know mutual fund or something uh they have been backstopped by this program with the government the fed the fdic you know the financial alchemy of it's not a bailout but it actually is a bailout because if it wasn't a bailout the bank would have gone under so it is a bailout but it seems like people have calmed down a bit and as i said the regional banks have uh, recovered, But there are some issues right now that are also out there. First of all, inflation. What are the newest numbers? Slows to 6% from 6.4% a month ago. So the Fed is now considering pausing its interest rate hikes because of the banking crisis. But you see, this all just takes us back to the basic problem. What did I say yesterday? This This all comes from a decision to crush the bond market, destroy anyone's ability really to get a pretty standard yield for savings accounts uh, treasury bonds you name it bonds from from companies uh, bonds in general you couldn't get any income on the money that you had saved whether you're an individual or an institution unless you took riskier pathways and the the government decided alongside this whole process that they were going to keep printing money through quantitative easing through QE so interest rates were kept artificially low. You can't get money from your savings account, and they keep on pushing more money into the system. This has caused inflation. How do you deal with the inflation? Well, how do you bring it down? You have to let interest rates normalize. The problem with letting interest rates normalize, they say, too quickly is that there will be economic pain associated with that. We started to see a little bit of that with the bank failures that have just occurred, the run on SVB, the um, the banks that were on the brink, it seemed. And now we're told, oh, don't worry, it'll all be fine. But the fundamental problem remains. What is the Fed going to do now? What does this mean for inflation, for the cost of everything that you need to feed yourself, your family, pay your rent, gas up your car, Buy the things you need, whether it's health care or a dozen eggs. Buy the things you need day in and day out. What does it mean for you? And the answer is they don't really know. And this is where I get into the unknown unknowns and also the plans that may start to get a little bit more attention out there. Um, but first, let me put this before we get into the possible plans. Let's look at some things that are happening. So Credit Suisse has had its shares, a huge, a huge bank has had its shares uh, fall to an all-time low. It is the seventh largest investment bank in the world, and it has said it has material weakness. So that's not that's not a good sign, right? Now, maybe that's just because of a few specific things for Credit Suisse. Okay, fine, you know, but people will point out that there have been problems there for a while. Arkegos, I believe it was called, the $5.5 billion uh, loss they took because of this Arkegos fiasco there. 
Don't have to get too deep into the weeds on it. Point being, there are issues. That's a really big bank. That's a really big problem. You've also got uh, the staff of Facebook finding out today. The tech sector has already been in a big decline. Staff of Facebook finding out that 10,000 jobs are about to get cut. 13% of all Facebook staff and Mark Zuckerberg, uh, like the AI robot he is made real, uh, is telling everybody to get ready for a quote, new economic reality that will continue for many years. As in, they are doing efficiency. I actually read the, uh, the, the letter they put out, not a particularly warm and fuzzy one about the efficiency cuts they'll be making at Facebook. This is happening all over the place. Big tech companies that seem like they were money printing machines and at the time they were just a few years ago are laying off large numbers of people. A lot of the tech stocks that were really drivers of the economy and were propping up the stock market overall, it's where most of the gains were coming from. They've gotten whacked pretty badly in the last, well, last year. It depends on which one you're looking at, but things are, are, are rough right now. If you also look at car loan defaults, another indicator, not quite housing defaults, but car loan defaults, they are right now way up. Uh, they're the highest they have been in, uh, in a number of, um, a number of decades, I think, at this point. So this is higher than it's been in, in quite some time. Um, and that's obviously really disconcerting as well. So what are they going to do about all of this? Now, I brought up the unknown unknowns because look at how quickly SVB turned into a financial crisis that required the entire attention of the White House, the Fed, the Treasury. And what was it, a month ago, Jim Cramer was on TV, buy SVB, you know, whatever, sure. Uh, I think there's actually, uh, there are people that they trade based upon the opposite they, they actually manage money based on the opposite of what Jim Cramer recommends on his TV show. It's pretty funny. Um, I think there's an index that someone's created where you go in the opposite direction. But here you have, here you have a series of major challenges to the economy. And you have also a few things that have happened in rapid succession that no one seemed to see coming. And right, right now it feels like, oh, maybe things are getting a bit better. But those unknown unknowns, they linger out there. What would it take for us to really go off the cliff here financially? Um, systemic weakness in a major bank somewhere? Well, Credit Suisse just said they have that, but maybe that's not enough. Maybe they'll figure that out. How many of these massive financial institutions have made a similar bet to what SVB did or have taken other risky ventures onto their balance sheets that could really create Enormous, enormous problems down the line. So many of the people you'll see on TV are economists and, and, uh, people in the financial sector who don't actually manage money. And they've been wrong many, many times in the past, but because they have a long and, and, uh, established history of being wrong, it seems they continue to go on TV and tell you what's going to happen. They have no idea. I will tell you, they have no idea what's going on. You know who looks really prescient right now would be Ron Paul. And the people that have said the Fed, which was really created to avoid, isn't it supposed to avoid the very situation we are in right now? All this, in, all this inflation, all this money printing, and then trying to control the recession. Look, nobody wants there to be pain, but what goes up must come down. 
mean, there are some fundamental realities here that a government structure is not really able to manage. Right? We can't actually have people who decide that we're just never going to have a down. If we could create a situation where we never have a painful economic downturn, well, of course we would want that. But that's not reality. That's not the way this is going to shake out. And then that brings me to something else that I, I wanted to spend a little more time on today because I know people are are concerned about it. And I think in the post-COVID world of easy authoritarianism that we fell into in this country, the notion of a central bank digital currency, a CBDC, is something we all have to take very seriously. Because here's how you may be thinking about the situation right now of the economy. You might be thinking, so the Fed is screwing things up once again. They're not a bunch of geniuses. They're they're not, you know, the wizard behind the curtain making everything run and, and look great. They're actually creating a lot of these uh, dislocations and, and a lot of these uh, distortions in the market by Fed policy. And, and now they're telling us, well, they're going to fix it. But they're they're riding the tiger, riding the dragon on this one. They're not really determining how this thing goes. They're just doing their best to make it less bad than it would otherwise be. Um, you would be thinking, well, we have to figure out a way to lessen the power of some of these institutions going forward, right? But you have to remember, for government, failure failure never is met with, we shouldn't do this next time. It's, we need more power and more resources. So how do you get that? You might be thinking, well, we need to look more at, uh, I mean, the whole range of things, right? And you go back, go and listen to all the old Ron Paul lectures. He's still giving lectures, but go, go and listen to the things that, that he said about what the Fed, the boom bust cycles and all the rest of it, what it does. Um, and people are talking about cryptocurrencies now and all the rest, ways of getting outside of this centralized government control. But that's if you think the answer here is less central government control. The people in charge, you know what they think the answer is? More. More government control. More uh, ability to determine exactly what you can do with the money that you have. And that brings us to a central bank digital currency, which is something that I, I do want to speak to you about a little bit because it's already happening in places. There are different kinds of CBDCs out there. But major economies, you know, like China, India, they already have this. As you know, China's gotten rid of cryptocurrencies. So centralization, top-down centralization of money through a digital currency is happening elsewhere in the world. And there are arguments underway right now about how to do this in America. They've been happening for a while. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is off the front pages of the Wall Street Journal. It's just a question of how deep into this we go and what what we actually do with it. It's going to happen at some level. So I, I want to talk to you about that because right now it feels to me like the calm before the storm. I don't think we are out of the storm. I think we've just, we had a, a, a squall, but the big one is still coming. That is the sense that I have. And when you look at the options that the people in charge have at this point, uh, the, if they have one shock from an unknown unknown, this whole thing all of a sudden gets really, really ugly. Look, 
A lot of small business owners that survived the pandemic have been taking advantage of sizable refunds from the IRS. The money is coming from an IRS program called the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. To see if your business qualifies, go to GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds has already helped folks claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC, and they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information. So don't let this opportunity pass you by because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com to learn more. That's GetRefunds.com. Sanity in an insane world. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't care what bank we're talking about anymore. You as a depositor have no risk whatsoever. So what stops the idiot bank manager going forward from doing anything they want, taking as much risk as possible to get the stock price of that bank up? This is going to create some very perverse acts by bank managers. And in the end, it's not a long-term solution whatsoever because either you decide 
to nationalize the banks or you let the private sector be the private sector. And within that, you have collapses by idiot managers like the Silicon Valley Bank. We shouldn't have done this. And now we have the moral jeopardy ahead of us of idiot bank managers everywhere doing crazy behavior. Does anybody in the Biden administration at the Fed, Treasury Department, you name it, do any of them have an answer to Mr. Wonderful's question there? You know, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. You know, people are saying that this has effectively de facto nationalized banks, as in the expectation that people have is that the FDIC. Now, people can tell me, oh, but that's not. No, no. This is the expectation, clearly, that the $250,000 limit for maybe it's per person and so two people. But, you know, generally we talk of the 250K limit. Or per account, right? So you could have multiple accounts in a bank. But whatever the limit is, it isn't the limit. Because whatever you deposit into a bank, the federal government now just guarantees. That is the expectation that has been created. Well, given that expectation, and given that we have artificially low interest rates, right? And so that means that banks who have been lending out money in the past, up until now, haven't been able to charge you know, the rates have been lower all across the board, right? They haven't been able to get the money on the money they lend based on a real real market value. Um, what's to stop them from deciding, you know, okay, let's just lever up and do crazy stuff and make as much money as we can? Because if the, the bank depositors, you know, everybody, you know, Sally, Sue, Bob, Sarah, Mike, and their money. Folks, this is a big problem. Okay, this is not so, and they have no answers to this yet. And we haven't even gotten into central bank digital currency, which we will dive into next. Gun owners, let me tell you about a training device, a system that is helping me hone my skills when I'm not at the range. I'm actually going to the range on Sunday, so I want to be sharp. You know what I've been doing? Training with my Mantis X system. All the best shooters now do the majority of their training with dry fire practice. That's what Mantis X is, a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. The device connects to your smartphone via Bluetooth with an app you can download and receive all kinds of data and feedback from. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. The results are off the charts. In fact, 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes of using Mantis X. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you must also act on your Second Amendment responsibility to be competent in your shooting. Start improving your accuracy today with the Mantis X system. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. The problem with bailouts, right, is that suppose that you're a bank right now and you're not really doing so good. You took some bad bets. The bets are down. Well, if your depositors are going to be bailed out no matter what you do, then you should swing for the fences, right? You should take the biggest risks that you can to try to, you know, double down and get yourself out of trouble. And so what usually happens when uh, regulators come in and try to, you know, outsmart the market and provide backstops is that risk goes up and eventually something really horrible happens. Eventually something really horrible happens in the economy, right? You bail them out, you bail them out, and then finally... A collapse happens, a crisis that isn't just a 48-hour or 72-hour thing. It's a people losing their homes, their jobs, their life savings, their retirements kind of thing. So this is what we're talking about when we're looking at the stakes of this. 
and also it, it reminds me of the char- you know Charlie Munger is Warren Buffett's right hand man. Many people would argue Warren Buffett is the most legendary investor of all time. Charlie Munger is right alongside him and is a source of a lot of uh, wisdom. And he says, show me the incentive and I'll show you the outcome. What is the incentive right now? What is the incentive for banks? Is it to change their behavior dramatically so that they are being more responsible stewards of the funds that are put in bank accounts with them? Or is it to just know that push comes to shove, you make a lot of noise, you say, if you don't prop us up, all the banks go down simultaneously, or there'll be a run on all the banks and they'll all collapse. And so the bailout is built in for them. This is the, this is a very important question for us to, uh, as a, as a society, honestly, as a country, as a nation to grapple with. Because on the one hand, it does seem really unfair to people who are putting money in accounts that they just think they're putting the money in a bank. It's FDIC insured and, and people say, well, they should be backstopped to the 250 or whatever it is that the, you know, but eh, that's not really what we expect, is it? You know, people who say that, I would ask them, okay, so if you have, if you have your life savings, you have $500,000 in the bank and uh, someone turned to you and said, sorry, your bank failed. We'll get you that 200. Your backstop, the 250. A lot of people would say that's not fair. They'd say that's not fair. Even we're saying that they wanted SVB Bank to fail. So this is where there's the tension. There's another huge point of tension, though, with central bank digital currency. And I thought it was worth it because we're going to be talking about this. I, I'm, you know, Clay's having a great time right now in Italy. When he comes back, we're going to certainly be focusing in on a lot of what is happening with this economy because I think we're, we're just seeing the early stages. You know, the, the first artillery rounds from the enemy have, have landed in our proximity. There's a whole lot more coming for this economy. Okay. This is not about to just go, Oh, it's all fine. Despite Elizabeth Warren, you know, I'm so glad Biden's in charge. No, no, no. We don't really believe that. But let's talk about, I mean, we don't believe it. She might central bank digital currency. Here's what you need to know. You've got over a hundred countries that are already exploring it officially in some capacity. A lot of places and those countries are representative of over 95% of global GDP. And this is according to the Atlantic Council Central Bank Digital Currency Tracker. As I mentioned, China, India are already using digital a digital currency. Sweden and Japan are thinking about a rollout of a digital currency. By the way, this is all being done and talked about before this most recent bank failure. So it's not like, oh, now all of a sudden people are thinking about central bank digital currency this has been going on this has been a long-standing effort and uh jerome powell the fed chair has said that the u.s central bank is not yet is not yet going to create one without direction from congress okay so let's just keep it keep this very clear as we're talking about it they they're open to it the U.S. government, or at least the Fed chair, I should say, is is putting out there, you know, maybe. Now, here's what is so important uh, to separate out. There is uh, the possibility of CBDC that would just be for the banks to, I'm sorry, f- uh, from the Fed to the banks. And it would use blockchain and the technology, really the technology that has been adopted by crypto like Bitcoin, uh, blockchain technology, to have a central ledger where they can efficiently 
easily and with total trackability move money to your bank, to Bank of America, to Chase, to, you know, regional banks, SunTrust banks, Santander, whatever, right? They can move the money to different banks for lending purposes. That's not, that, that may just be actually more efficient. And I know a lot of people who I would say I'm, I'm politically aligned with who don't see that as, uh, as a big issue. That is not from, from the Fed to the banks themselves and to effectively make that a more streamlined and more efficient system. That doesn't strike me as big brother. Oh my gosh. We're heading into a dystopia, but. Then there's the creation of individual accounts with a central bank digital currency, whereby the Fed effectively is going to deposit money into your account or that you will set up individual. There will be individual accounts that the government will put money into this digital currency, and it will be 100 percent trackable. The government will have a direct pipeline, if you will, not through a bank and through any other levers and levels but this will be directly to you to your computer uh your computer screen your account which means that they have total control of it too they can put the money in they can take the money out they know what you're spending that money on the government would have full transparency and full view with this method of central bank digital currency why do you think the chinese like this the chinese communist party likes this so much so with a central bank digital currency and its adoption in this model, do you think that, how hard do you think it would be for a Democrat administration to come along and say, um, you're not allowed to, we're, we're going to say you're not allowed to buy any more guns with this. We're going to use some executive authority. So this money can't go toward gun purchases. You know, they would want to do that. I mean, they're already trying to debank. This is happening all over the country. Banks are getting pressured by the federal government, by administration, and also their own woke executives to debank people that have anything to do with the firearms industry. Yeah, you're, what you're doing is totally legal and lawful and fine and even constitutionally protected. You're no longer will, we're no longer willing to hold your deposits or engage in any transactions with you because you're affiliated with the firearms industry. That's happening. It's happened to friends of mine, happened to people I know. So that's one component of this. But also with COVID, what we saw is they would have the ability to tell you, well, this money can only go for the following things. Oh, sorry, we're in an emergency. Or you know what? Actually, we're going to create a special tax for carbon purposes. We want carbon neutrality. So you can spend money on the following technologies or with the following companies, but not these. The government would have the ability to do all of that. It would have effectively total control, the ability to track every transaction that you would make, no matter how small, they would know exactly what it is, who it's going to, and the ability to uh, perhaps block it in real time. To say, no, no, oh, you can't actually donate, or you're going to give that money or spend that money there. This is, people are going to argue, well, it's great because, you know, you won't be able to use this money to break the law with, yeah, but. Democrats want to do a whole lot more than just stop illegal transactions from happening. They want to use this as a tool of social engineering. We all know that. I think that's obvious. I would find it laughable if anyone tried to argue otherwise. Everything that they have shown us, and COVID was perhaps the biggest window into this, everything the Democrats have shown us is that when they have the ability 
because uh, and decrease and diminish your liberties and your freedom. And a central bank digital currency would be an enormously, enormously useful tool to those ends. So it would be effectively creating a uh, the basis for a social credit score system. Um, you know, what are you spending your money on? How much does the government approve of it? It would be the basis. I know this sounds like uh, Brave New World stuff. This sounds dystopian, futuristic nightmare that's supposed to be so efficient with the experts in charge. And that's because it, it would be. It would be these things. Um, there are a lot of ways you could see that this would be used for social engineering and for absolute control. Universal basic income, by the way. Think about how easy that would be. Set up your account. The government gets to just put the money in the account, but it also gets to tell you how you spend the money. Figures out what you're spending all the money on all the time. You think the IRS is scary now, by the way? Wait till you get a central bank digital currency. So it hasn't happened yet, but you're going to see more and more people calling for it, I think, especially if if a crisis happens and it feels like the banking system, fractional banking, has been rocked, you're going to hear very loud calls for this. Look at how quickly they went to shut up, peasant, stay in your house, mask up outside, and get shots number seven, eight, and nine, or else you're a bad person. You don't think those same people, that same apparatus, would say, okay, you now have to use the money the way we tell you to use it, and you can only use the money that we're putting into your account directly, and we see where every penny goes. Oh, no, they don't want, they don't want that much power, right? Sure. You know they do. Look, when I see stories like this, I just get mad. Cyber hackers are filing bogus tax returns ahead of real tax-abiding citizens and stealing their refunds. This often happens when there's a data breach and your sensitive information is exposed online, making your personal information vulnerable. Arm yourself with an added layer of protection by getting LifeLock by Norton. Their online identity theft protection is second to none. They monitor billions of transactions weekly, specifically looking for suspicious activity. When they spot it, they alert you immediately and you can confirm or deny the activity. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. I have it. You should, too. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com and use promo code BUCK. That's promo code B-U-C-K for 25% off. Peace of mind alone is worth it. Promo code BUCK at lifelock.com. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Playing Buck. And uh, this is Buck today. Plays out for the week on vacation with the family, having a great time in Italy. Uh, he sends his regards to all of you. 800-282-2882 on the phone lines. If you want to chat, please give us give us a call here on the show. We have Christy in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. What's going on, Christy? Hi. I was just wondering why the CVB bank executives aren't guilty of insider trading for selling off their stock right before the fail? Um, that's a great question. As far as I understand uh, the way the law works, it, it could very well be insider trading. I, I think from what we've seen, look, the thing about insider trading is people will always try to argue, oh, there were there were other reasons for the trade, or uh, there was a. The, the, I think they call it the mosaic defense theory. There was a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A lot. Of, these were bank insiders who knew they were heading for a heading for the edge of the cliff and decided to start taking millions off the table. While not only people that were doing any kind of venture business with them were at risk, but depositors were at risk. So, Christy, it's a great question. There is an SEC and Justice Department investigation underway. Uh, right now, uh, they're in the preliminary phases is what the report is, but it certainly looks like certainly looks like you might have had some insider trading going on here. And it's just a reminder of the people running these institutions. They are often greedy and don't really care about their customers. Thank you for calling in. Um, let's see. Uh, Steve in Akron, Ohio. What's going on, Steve? Yeah, I just wanted to say, Buck, uh, these um, big cor- corporate layoffs, uh, they've always uh, been damaging to economies, but not to Wall Street. And that's where, you know, people never separate those two beasts. 
But uh, so you're, so you're saying like Facebook will help its stock price. Package. Facebook helps its stock price by having them, you know, massive. I think they're ten thousand people, whatever it is they're they're laying off. Well, that's what I'm inferring. Yes, it's, it's helping yeah. out the markets even today to keep everybody wondering what's really the damage, you know, from uh, the banking system debacles. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for calling in, Steve. The you know cutting back expenses. You know, ultimately, Facebook is not making as much money as as it wanted to and and as it planned to, and the AI artificial intelligence uh, spending that Meta, the parent company of Facebook, so it's really a Meta issue, has done is is a big part of that. Um, but you know, Facebook is also it's fascinating to me. Very few people that I know on the right really use Facebook very much anymore. Um, it's a very it's very difficult to share content effectively on. Uh, there's all they, they've really ruined it. I mean, Facebook five six years ago, even you could spend money and get uh, get a realistic return as a content creator, and some people did that very effectively if they had the money to do it. Now it's just it it doesn't really work for people the same way. Um, and as a social media platform, I think it's losing ground with each passing day. But as for a uh, you know, whether it's good for the stock or good for the overall economy, I, I just when you're having companies that are the uh, the drivers of a lot of the stock members, stock market isn't just, oh, wealthy investors. It's your 401k stock market is an indicator of economic health well beyond people that are doing speculation and 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 trading either day trading or people who are um, you know, hedge fund managers and all the private equity, all the rest of that. Uh, the stock market very much affects the hiring that companies will do, right? Their stock price will determine what kind of investing they can do. And so it, it's it's more of an indicator because it is actually a market that functions instead of just government press releases of where things may be going. And when you have major, major layoffs happening at companies that are, as I said, used to being effectively money printing presses, uh, that's an indicator of bad times ahead. I mean, I, I just try to take this to the most fundamental level. First of all, it's funny because on the one hand, you can sit here and say like, well, like, you know, I mean, I'm not an economist. A lot of people talking about this aren't economists. Economists are wrong all the time. So start with that. Just just putting that out there. OK, I'm not sitting here talking to you about doing some kind of complicated regression analysis either. We're talking about very basic forces that are driving, well, trillions of dollars in one direction or another economically and what you got to figure out at some point is how is it possible that they shut down sectors of the economy, spent trillions of dollars, and we're not going to have some really rough times through inflation and, and through a market reset, right? Just start at the most ba- If you start with the most basic questions that everybody understands and everybody can think through on their own, you come to, wow, the people in charge... I don't think they're going to be able to fix this, and I think things are going to get rough. So hopefully that's not the case. Maybe we get lucky, but I wouldn't count on luck with this administration. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 